0: Welcome back to another week in Sugar Kiss Angel Hill, where things are heating up. Where's the swan? Actually, it's getting quite hot. We might need some aircon here. Huh? Uh, no AC? No, they don't have air conditioning allowed. Oh, fucking cunting loud. Glad I moved to London anyway. <clears throat> right, well, the heat sure has nothing to do with the chaos breaking out in the burning pub. No, nothing at all. Oblivious to the cries for help from 70% of their town's small population, Lorraine and Peggy finally hit it off in the Marshall b All that build-up, and here comes the climax. God, I hope it's a screamer. Lorraine was planning on posing her questions head-on. No longer wary of Sugar Kiss Angel Hill's per- personal mafia boss, sorry, the pair stared at each other in a matriarchal showdown, not out of anger, but out of long-lost love. God, yes, that was love in their eyes. Fuck this town,
1: man. Tea? Uh, You know the drill. How am I, is it? Do you still make your own tea bags? I never stopped. Do you want one? (laughs) I'm not a teenager anymore, Peggy. I don't need weed to make me feel things. (laughs) Okay. Noted. You're different. I'm old, you mean? No, I I mean... I didn't recognise you straight away. It's like you look more yourself now.
0: They sit down on opposite sides of the large wooden table with their cups of tea. The air is thick with years of unsaid words and questions that neither is sure if they should ask. What was that about not being a teenager anymore, Lorraine?
1: Listen, I don't want to beat around the bush here. That used to be my job. You're. Trans, yes. No, I. I mean, no, no, Peggy. I know that. G- Jesus, sure. We never stopped talking about it before. I. I mean, we were. You were my first girlfriend. You popped my cherry. I popped yours. It is me, Lorraine. Uh, yeah. Wow. I mean, hello. <laughs> Hi. It's been a very long time, and I meant to apologise for stopping in on your house that day. I was, well. I was... Acting the part. I know you were on the muck around here, Peggy. You don't need to deny it. People change, but I see you still like to take charge. More ways than one. I can imagine. Well? How did you end up here, Peggy? It's quite a hefty story. I-, I can tell you, but I'm not sure you'll want to know. Only if you want to tell me. I always want to tell you, Laurie. Well, go on, then. Well.
2: Well, I... Yes? I...
0: Peggy seemed to be sitting on her words. It's as though the great mastermind of Kiss Angel Hill was actually dot, 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 scared.
1: I have to go move on with my transition. There were things in court that were holding me back. Like me? No, not like that. I, I just... I just needed a bit of time to figure out what I wanted. What you wanted? I was pregnant, Peggy. We were having a baby. I know. I'm sorry. We could have worked through that. You don't understand. Then explain it to me. And I thought where's somewhere less shitty than Cope? So I bought the cheapest fights I could find to London. Oh my god, the years I spent there were bizarre. I don't remember half of them, really. The drugs, they, they honestly were fucking phenomenal. They kicked off big time for me there. I was protected by them and there weren't a lot of safe spaces for trans women then and us runners in the business, we were like family. I got a job in Sainsbury's and that Dog. He was lovely and so sweet and good and had an obsession with porcelain pigs. So I thought, sure, harmless rice. Right? I was right. He is too harmless. Then we got married and we moved with Francis back to Ireland. I didn't want to go back to Cork. There were too many weird memories in that place from my old life. Anyways, I was the new boss and I thought that this sleepy town would pass under the radar of any prying and Gardie. Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't explain everything. Why did you actually leave Cork? I don't understand. I just told you, Francis, my son. Uh, how how did you have him? Rain. Well, I'm just wondering. He's your son, isn't he? How how did you have him? Thank you. <laughs> did you grow him in a lab or, or adopt him? Which which was it? Stop that now come on. That doesn't matter. Or, or maybe you stole him. The hell are you saying? I know you must hate me for leaving you, but I'm not a fucking baby snatcher. Francis, he- he's my son, right? You took him from the hospital. You've got to be kidding me. Our son, Peggy, our son is missing. He was taken from the hospital. Our son died, Lorraine. How would you know? You'd already left by the time he was born. What? No, no I didn't. I-, I wanted to. I thought... But, but your mum said... Oh, died. Yeah, right. Peggy, Marsh, listen to me. I know you've had a hard start to life and that isn't fair. I get that. But making up that our son died just so you could arrange for him to be taken from me is sick. It's disgusting, Peggy. I'm not sure you know what you're saying, Lorraine. How dare you? Jesus Christ, bloody phone. Oh, hold on, it's Shamey. One second. I'm not finished with you. Hi, Shamey love. Are you Okay.
3: Ma'am, ma'am, please help me, oh my fucking Jesus, help the pub. It's the pub, ma'am, it's under fire. We're stuck, ma'am, help me, oh God. What is he saying?
1: It, it's the pub, oh my God, it's the pub, there's a fire. No, that can't be right. I was only there an hour ago. Peggy, we have to go now, my family are in there, come on.
0: While the spark of a blaze has taken hold of the badger's tooth, Sparks of another kind were flying across the road at the coffee nut. Now shuttered with a For Sale sign in the window, Anton had stopped by to pick up his favourite item of cutlery, a silver spoon dubbed Billy Ray Cyrus. Or at least that's the reason he's going to tell anyone who asks. Anton Blackrock has in fact come to the little shop he once called home to say goodbye.
4: Oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. This is a little more difficult than I thought it would be. Goodbye, coffee machine. Goodbye, spice shelves. Goodbye, framed photograph of Dame Judi Dench. Oh no. No, 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 wait. You're coming with me. That's it. In the bag, Judi. Hello? Is anyone there? Oh, um, oh dear. Uh, We're closed. No more gays allowed. Go home. Anton? (laughs) Anton, is that you? Sigh. Yes. Hello, Charché. What are you doing here? Come to trample on the grave of my happiness once more, is it? No.
5: No. <laughs> of course not. I'm sorry. Uh, Lachlan told me that you might be here. I I just wanted to come and ask if you were okay. Oh dear. Is, Is that true? Yes. I've clearly overstepped, though. I'll, I'll just go.
4: No, 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 that won't do. I am the one who has stepped in it rather than over it. Please, sit down for a moment. Are you sure?
5: Sorry, it's, it's just usually you're... you're mean to me and, and, and that scares me a little, so... Oh. I'm, I'm just blabbing, sorry.
4: I'm, I do that when I'm nervous, so. Please, sit down. Being without Lachlan has taken its toll. I would welcome the company of another homosexual, even just for a, for a moment or two.
5: <laughs> I don't even know if I really am a, a homosexual.
4: Oh, darling, I apologise for the label. I'm more of a rotten old-fashioned queen than I think I am. You'll, you'll find something you like in your own time. And uh, until then, would you, uh, would you like a glass of water? It's the only thing we've left in this wretched cafe. Uh oh, oh no, no, they've shut the water off too. Never mind. No, really, it's fine. Oh, I feel like such a terrible host, charche Like Ollie Murphy and the extra factor.
5: No, no, really. I I actually I, I actually don't think you're rotten, Anton. Not a bit. <laughs> what delusion possessed you to say that? No, I'm serious. You and Lachlan walked into sugar-kiss Angel Hill with no fear at all. So what if you were two gay men from Dublin? You didn't care. You just wanted to run your cafe. And, and you didn't try to
4: hide who you are. That's... That's admirable. <laughs> well, I suppose I did name all of our hot beverages after 2000's pop songs, Trissus. <laughs> I wish I had that. Sure Shay. I wish you'd said sooner I have my Britney Spears EPs in the core. No, no,
5: not, not, not that. I wish I had your confidence, your pride, your strength, I, I guess. I, I've always felt so small, so tiny, even if I am six foot four. Oh,
4: pride is something I have very little left of after our little adventure slash sojourn to this prehistoric town. But I, um, I understand what you mean. Is there something, is there something you would like to discuss with me, Charche?
5: It's my mom. Ah. and I mean, she doesn't know I'm, you know, she... A, fr- a friend of Lachlan's. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I'm... I'm worried about telling her. I'm more worried than I've ever been about anything before. And and, and I once cheated on a Leaving Cert exam. <laughs> well, no, I, I thought about cheating and and that made me worried because I thought they might catch me for thinking about this. And,
4: and uh, you were um, saying about your mother, Georges.
5: Yeah, um, sorry. Um, she's never been hugely anti-gay or anything, but... But she's not exactly a, a, a friend of a, of a friend of Lachlan's either, you know. I, I love her to pieces. She's she's the best person in the world. She's she's always been so kind to me and and so understanding about everything. But she loves to go to mass, and and she does be eating the altar rails every Sunday, and I'm and, and and I'm just so afraid that this will be the one thing that she. She can't understand.
4: Charchais, do you mind if I tell you a little bit of a story? I promise you that you will understand why very shortly. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, sure. I, I love a good fairy tale. Uh, I I have a mother like yours. Brenda is her name. She is the, the most elegant woman one could ever meet, and I've stopped Cher around London twice in my youth. <laughs> Brenda raised me to be kind and friendly and funny like herself. And I, I picked up some of her more exuberant qualities also, as you can probably tell. She had this beautiful grin that just lit me up like a Christmas tree anytime time I saw it. And when the boys at school bullied me, she, she taught me how to get three supporting witnesses and have those rats barred from even looking at me. When I... When I struggled with my weight, she was the one who helped me feel safe in my own body. Um, and when I had victories, however few and far between, she was always the first person to know, usually because she'd be cheering me on from the finish line. The metaphorical one, mind. I, I haven't done any runs since my fourth class singing lessons. <laughs> she sounds really wonderful. She is. Yes, she is. And I haven't seen her in six years. What? The story starts the same way yours does. A happy young man realising he also likes other happy young men. The difference was I, I wasn't afraid to tell my mother. She loved me, Of course, she did. I was the same boy she cheered on every year since I came out of her. But,
5: but what happened?
4: I told her. I told Brenda that I was a man who liked other men and that I couldn't wait to have her meet my future boyfriend someday. And I had this great big excited expression on my face. I was waiting for her to grin, that beautiful grin, so I could bask in the warmth of her love for me and know that everything was still okay. I was waiting and waiting and and the grin never came. Oh, Anton, I'm, my, I'm so sorry. My dearest, my dearest, most beloved Mother Brenda set an egg timer for 30 minutes in the kitchen and told me that was how long I had to pack. That's that's
5: horrible, Anton. I'm, I'm so sorry. I I didn't know an egg timer could go for 30 minutes. Jesus, the egg would be like rubber.
4: But, but why are you telling me this? Save your judgment for the end, Charche. I have just one more thing to add. I was 18 years old, just finished secondary school, and I suddenly had nothing. No mother, no home, no friends, I could tell. I walked out of my house listening to the woman who'd raised me tell me I should be ashamed of myself, asking me why I couldn't have just hid it, pretended for her sake, over and over, every word like a knife. It felt like the bullies at school that she'd helped me is sp- suddenly speaking with my mother's voice. Uh, and as I walked down our driveway, I didn't look back at the house. I made a promise to myself that I'd never be afraid of who I was. I would look as gay as I wanted to. I'd act as gay as I wanted to. Why, I'd even sound as gay as I wanted to. And I didn't look back at the house that day because I wasn't, I was afraid I'd cry. But because I knew she would be there and she wouldn't be grinning at me anymore. Antonin, I'm so... No, so what I'm trying to say, Charche, is that it doesn't matter if you being gay upsets your mother or not, because you will never be alone regardless. It will hurt if she hates it, of course it will. But you will be able to get through it. This, I promise you, whether it's anger or if you get the smile I never could, you won't be alone. You have friends here and beyond that would do anything for you. For the longest time, Lachlan was the only person who made me feel like I, I wasn't that lonely little gay boy anymore. And now he's he's going to do the same for you. You have Lachlan, but, well, char more importantly... You have a bitch like me.
5: Thank you, Anton. Thank you. I'll, I'll have to get your Snapchat or something and, and then we can snap
0: and... and oh, come <laughs>
4: here and embrace me, you silly little
0: child. <laughs> Anton Blackrock, in his most uncharacteristic movement to date, swept young Saoirse up into his arms with tears in his eyes. The two hugged with awe the force two desperately fearful young people would have, one for the reaction of his mother and the other about to venture back to Dublin for the first time in what fell like back forever. Anton, for the first time since Lachlan left, didn't feel
4: so alone anymore. What's that? Oh dear, that's my Samsung mobile telephone. It's vibrating. Just a moment. Oh, it's Lachlan. Hello, former business partner. What deigns you to... Anton!
5: Anton! You've got to get to the pub. It's on fire.
4: Why on earth would I want to get to a building that's on fire, Lachlan? Because I'm trapped inside, Anton. (coughs) There's smoke everywhere and we can't get out. Anton, what's happening? It's Lachlan. The badger's tooth is on fire. He's inside. What? Is that Searsha? Oh, God, Anton, leave him alone,
0: please!
4: I have been nothing but cordial to your latest toy boy, Lachlan. Lachlan!
5: Lachlan, <laughs> are, are you okay? <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. It's getting hard to breathe in here. Let's go, Anton. Let's go.
4: He said he's trapped, Chauchet. Then,
0: Then we have to try to help him.
4: Yes, you're right. You're damn right. Lachlan, we're coming!
0: The dial tone from Anton's mobile signalled that the moment of connection between Dublin's leading homosexual and Sugar Kiss Angel Hill's newest gay had passed. Saoirse was the first to start running out of the shop, with Billy Ray Cyrus now clutched firmly in his palm, and though he didn't know it yet, Anton Blackrock may just have left the coffee nut for the last time. At that same moment, on the other side of the Irish hamlet, two of Sugarkiss Angel Hill's finest dames had finally cracked the case. With the aid of a bottle of scotch and a two-inch thick cigar, Gertrude Petunia McWaldorf spills her ancient, dusty guts to the vintage town gossip, Betty Butterdish.
6: For the first time in my life, I don't know what to say. Well, if only that would last. I haven't been shocked since my sister Brittany shaved her head. When you get to my age, Betty, nothing shocks you anymore. But I won't, will I? Get to your age. I don't think I'll last another year. I feel it in my bones. Tis God's intuition, so it is. Maybe that is for the best. Life is tedious. Too many secrets. So it's definitely him? The lad you've been looking for. Tis. The lad the Faulkner girl's been looking for. I imagine you want to tell her. Don't you? Sometimes it's hard to tell what the right thing is. Do you think I would have been wise for me to tell John what your one Yoko Ono had planned for him back when I had the chance? She has a right to know. Eh, and my poor godchild, Monroe, had the right to know her dalliance with the US President would have cost her her life. But then, if she had never, she wouldn't have sang that begging version of happy birthday, Mr President, now would she? Oh, I wish you didn't have to be right all the time, Gertrude. But it would be a sad thing now if people didn't hear about my life. It was so great and exciting. Sounds like it still is. Don't you want people to know about this chapter? I guess I do. So, we'll tell her about her son. You're persistent when you want to be. At least I try to use those powers for good. Hippocratic oath and all that. Isn't that for the doctors? I had fingers in many pies.
0: Betty and Gertrude sat staring into space. There was a sense of peace between them that only comes from decades of easy Sunday carveries in the Badger's Tooth. Their knowledge of Sugar Kiss Angel Hill could be matched by no other, and with it came a sort of wisdom that no issue was great, that it couldn't be solved enough with a cup of tea. But before they could ride that high horse for too long, a phone call interrupted their silence.
6: Confound this Nokia phone!
2: Hello? SIME TRY!
6: to murder she wrote, is it? God help us, Betty. Look, oh, look, oh, oh Jesus. You can see, you can see the flames where you fuck me pink and gold, me daddy. Oh, Gertrude, all this training with them gnarly johanna. I'm entirely glad I did that one week with the firemen too. Come on, get
2: your coat and your broads and let's go.
0: Meanwhile, the terrible twins, blind to the extent of their crime, waited patiently around the corner to hear the screams of the pub's residents, slurping on calippos and chasing each other's tails at regular intervals. They giggled at their apparent triumph, lapping up what few moments of innocence they have left before the weight of mass manslaughter came crushing down on their bony, freckled shoulders. All Fionn and Oshin knew is that the pub's residents can't escape but they were tragically totally ignorant to the fire that was already engulfed half the spirits in the main bar.
7: I wonder if they've realised you.
3: Definitely. We'll hear them soon.
7: I can't believe we pulled it off. Fiona's going to be so proud of us. You think so? I know so. She'll say we're like the sons she never had and she can't believe she went all them years without us. And then she'll kick that burner bollocks out the house and we'll be hers forever. Are you sure we shouldn't have a father figure too, Fiona? I'm telling you, some father's built character. It'll be grand. Oh, I
3: love Fiona. I can't wait till she's finally here, ma'am.
7: Me neither. We'll get everything we've been missing out on all this time. She'll take us into bed every night and read us a story. She'll get us the dental work we need so we can start chewing with our molars again.
3: She'll rub our bellies and give us new names like Fluffy and Reuben.
7: Oh, she'll take us on the longest walks. She'll get our nails trimmed. She'll pass us scraps under the dinner table. She'll pass us dinner scraps from over the dinner table. She'll take us on walks. We said that one already, Sean. Oh, uh, she'll, she'll make a barbecue every night. She'll, uh... Hold on. Speaking of barbecue, for your you smell burning.
0: Ah uh, yes, the twins might have had limited human functions, but they possessed noses 17 times stronger than the average human male. And unbeknownst to the boys, those powerful snouts had just picked up the first scent of burning flesh from inside the rabbit's pub. Burning flesh? F- burning flesh? Who the fuck wrote this?
7: Now that you mention it, something does smell good around here. Smoked ribs or something. Really? I'm not getting ribs
3: at all, Fionn. I'm not even sure if it's definitely me. It's got a
7: synthetic edge. Mm. Smells like... Alcohol. Burning alcohol. Mixed with smoked brisket. It smells like... As if someone set an off-licence on fire and then and then threw a cow on top of it with, with an edge of chocolate biscuit cake. Holy mother of God, Fionn! look! Smoke! Fuck me sideways, is that coming from where I think it's coming from? It's the Pope. The Pope lit up like a Christmas tree. Oh my God, Oisin, we locked them in, we locked them in. Oh no, do, do you think they're all right in there? You tick, there's smoke coming out the windows. There's flames the size of the, the of the house. It's already too late. What do you, What do you mean, too late? Too late for
3: what? Fiona's in there, Fiona.
0: Young Ushin frantically reached for his walkie-talkie, tears stinging his eyes, obstructing his vision. His shaky fingers scrambled at the controls. Muffled sobs heard through his home-fashioned balaclava. He called out for Fiona in vain. His voice strangled with the pain of using, of losing that another mo. Mu-
2: I can't
3: fucking do this anymore. Fiona! Fiona, please answer me. What can we do? What can we do to help? It's over. We need to get out of here, Roisin. Get out of here? What are you talking about? This is our fault.
7: It's not just Fiona. Half the town's in there. We've killed them. We've killed them all. That's why we need to run, Roisin. What's done is done. If we hang around, they'll know what we did. <laughs> But Fiona! Fiona wants to still get out what we can. what she always tell us? <laughs> never, never be
3: afraid to be who we are. Oh, always be brave in the face of danger. Never let anyone tell us we deserve less.
7: <laughs> she told us to look after ourselves first, always. This is what she meant. We have to honor that. But, but, but what if she's still alive? We just found her. I can't lose her yet. We lost her the minute we locked them doors, she. Now, come on, we have to go. Where are we going? Somewhere we can hide till all this blows over. After that, we just run. We don't stop running till we're far, far away from here. We can never come back to Sugar Kiss Angel Hill. It's over.
3: What about everything she promised us? What
7: about our new lives? This was supposed to be yeah, We were supposed to be happy. Yeah, well, maybe we're not the kind of people who get to be happy. Maybe we're just the kind of people who get to survive. Oh, why do we keep losing people, Fionn? I don't know, Ashin. I don't know, but as long as we have each other, that's enough.
0: <clears throat> <clears throat> Fionn grabs his brother's hand and pulls him along, hiding his own tears of anguish by stuffing his face further down into his own balaclava, sewn by the woman he once called his mother, his mentor, his family. <clears throat> Fionn, older by seven minutes and now wearing every inch of that maturity boldly in his brave disposition, muted the sound of his own sobs with the heavy noise of his combat boots pounding the gravel as he ran like he's never run before. His younger brother would never know the extent of his heartbreak. Fion would never show it. He would take care of Ushing first, always. The boys staggered into the sunset, the sound of the sirens drifting behind them as they ran from the life they dreamt of the life they were so close to, the life they lost in the fire, and finally inside the badger's tooth, the panic began to set in.
2: Come on now, we have to <laughs> smash these windows. They're too high, Doug. We won't be able to.
4: People Pull help. this table over. Come on, Park, help me. She may help them with the tables. I
3: can't, Dad. I have to go and get Emily. She's in the jacks. Well, get her out of the
2: fucking jacks, then. Come on. Cynthia, get the fire extinguisher behind the bar. We can't fucking fight this fire diet. It's too big. <coughs>
3: the smoke. I can barely breathe. Oh. Franny.
8: Franny, keep low. <sighs> keep your head down. Daddy,
9: I need my fucking inhaler now. <sighs> oh, wait, wait. I have an inhaler. I-, I always keep it in my sports bra.
2: Give it to me, breeder. Please. I know how to handle Francis. You do the windows and quickly. Fuck the heat in here.
4: (sighs) Uh. Breida, would you come here and get get this window open? (coughs) I'm coming, I'm coming, Dad, I'm coming.
2: (coughs) It's okay, Francis, I'm here. Head down and avoid the smoke. Deep breaths. Winter, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything. I know you are. I always knew you were sorry. Tell my mammy I love her if you make it out of here. Stop that now, Francis. We're all getting out of here.
3: Oh, Winter, I wish I didn't snort as much cocaine and take that black tar heroin. My lungs aren't fit for all this smoke. Oh, geez, I should have stayed a good little boy and done my carpentry. Curse my fucking mammy for bringing me into the drug trade. Curse her.
8: Enough
2: talking, Francis. Save your energy now. It's time for talking when we're safe and free from this. Here, Cynthia. Die! That's an axe! What the fuck? I always keep a hatchet under the bar. Get into the girls' toilet, smash the window. It's small but you can get out that way. Take anyone else with you, Cynthia. Go!
8: Oh no, I can't leave you die. Don't you dare! You've been the best niece and auntie could ask for, Cynthia Stacy Mullins. Now go on. Get out of here.
2: <coughs>
0: Cynthia Stacy Mullins, sugar kiss Angel Hill's one and only slag, took the axe from her aunt and kissed her on the cheek. Fighting back unfamiliar tears, she said goodbye to Diana Mullins for what she was certain was the very last time. Diana's tired and weary body stood bravely in the orange light of the fire. Fiona clutched her walkie-talkie tight and said goodbye once and for all to her boys.
2: Boys, please don't blame yourselves for this. We didn't know. You two stay safe, stick together. I look after you. Don't worry. Always. With all the love that I can muster. Fiona. Fiona! Fiona! Get up! We have to get out of here. What? You're going to jump out that window with your gammy hip and your dodgy knees. We're not getting out of here, Bernard. But Fiona, we... We've lived long enough. And good lives too. Sit down there, Bernard, and let the young ones go. I'm not ready to go yet, Fiona. I've a whole other season of Breaking bad to go. He dies in the end. We all die. Fiona... You aren't ever crazy now, were you? Everyone said you had dementia, but... you're just you. I'm as sane as I ever was. Doug Marshall! Fiona, I can't hear you over the flames there, love.
3: Look, I locked
2: the door. Me and me alone. I'm so sorry. What?
3: Oh, Grace Aunt Fiona, why would you lock the door?
2: I only wanted to have some fun. To make myself smile. Give myself a bit of a legacy besides Tato Crisps and Club Orange. I'm sorry. Get out, all of you. Go on, get out. Fiona! (laughs) How could you? How fucking could you? You killed us all! I didn't know the place would go on fire. That wasn't part of my plan. Leave
4: her, Diana. Come on, get that table. We nearly have the window. (coughs) Fiona!
2: Why? Why? It was meant to be a lock just a little joke. Something to keep me occupied. And now I've killed us. Oh, I burn in hell for this.
9: I need to call my mum and tell her I
2: love her. Don't you fucking dare, Brita. <coughs> <coughs> We're
8: getting out of here.
0: The smoke continued to rise and the lungs of our poor residents began to wheeze and struggle like a bad set of bellows. As Seamus and his team worked through the heat to smash the pub's inconveniently high windows, the thruple huddled cowardly under a table. It dawned on Podrig just exactly what they
2: had done. Oh, Maddy Pipe! Eyes renewed! Why, why, why? We're all going to die! Hi! Pull yourself together, would ya? Get over there and smash the window, for fuck's sake! Madge, I think I'm having a panic attack. Oh, help me, Buddha. Oh, poor love. Come
9: here. Come here, Pesh. No. Both of you, there's no gosh darn time to sit here and roll over and die. That British bitch has an axe and, and she's going to smash a window. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to crawl out of that window with as much vigor as the Americans when they bombed Benghazi. So pull yourselves, your fantastic toe little Irish buttocks up and let's fucking go. I'm not fucking dying today, motherfuckers. I'm too young to die. I, I've got so much to give. Oh, he's so hot. No, that'd be the fire, egg. Get get up now! I'm not losing you two to this fire because honestly, kids, the sex is too good and I want to be fucked like that again. Get up, let, let's follow that slag. Oh, Zane. You're so sexy when you're in charge. You fucking bet I am, baby. Come on.
6: <gasps> there! She's heading to the bathroom. Run! Run! Go! Cynthia
0: Stacy Mullins, axe in hand, far through the smoke to the girls' bathroom looking like a character out of one of those creepy motels in a horror film. The thruple were in hot pursuit, but trapped in the toilets was Miss Emily Clare, whose struggle to get out of the disabled stall was proving unsuccessful. Like most pubs in rural Ireland, this bathroom was not fit for purpose and contained several bottles of pudgine and a changing table that had not been used since Doug Marshall was a little porky-porker.
2: Come on! Come on!
0: As Emily bashed her chair hopelessly against the door, the disgraced Jamie Faulkner burst into the bathroom.
3: Emily, are you okay? Jamie! Oh, thank God. Oh, I'm sorry about what I said, Emily. Just get me out of here. Get back. What? I said get back.
0: Emily frantically wheeled back, running over a few bottles of Connemara gold poteen as Jamie heroically kicked down the door. What a fucking hunk! But Emily didn't move a muscle. He knows what he did.
3: Emily, what are you just sitting there for? We need to get out now. I'm not going anywhere with you. Don't be ridiculous. Look, I'm I'm sorry for what I said earlier, Honest, but the the pub's on fire. We need to leave now or we're both going to die.
2: Shamey, there's no way my chair is going to make it through that. It's too dangerous. I'll lift you then. Come on. No way. Emily! No, Shamey. I know how this works. You lift me out the pub and the whole town sees your triumph. The able-bodied hero helping the poor, disabled girl who couldn't help herself. I'd rather crawl my way out. Get out of my way.
3: Emily, please. It's not like that at all. Then what
2: the hell was all that you said at the bar?
3: Emily, listen to me. I said those things because I was afraid i 've never actually had sex before, and I was like i was I was kind of worried that i wouldn't be good enough for you like I mean you're a primary school teacher, and I can't even spell the word love properly i I guess I was just worried that I was out here league but but I love you, Emily. I've loved you ever since we first met. I knew right then you were the one and I fell even more in love with you when you roasted those two little shits in the coffee that week. And then when you roasted Doug Marshall tonight, that was some serious burn, like, you're so smart and you're so hot, like, and I guess what I'm trying to say is you're the, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me and I just want to make sure that you're okay. Shamey. I, 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 I fucked this up so bad, and I, I'm so sorry, and I guess our relationship is pretty much like this pub, yeah? Unsure of itself at the best of times, and suddenly born into the ground. Talk about pathetic fallacy.
0: Miss Emily Clare was suddenly brought back to their date in the coffee nuts, drinking Dolly Parton's and breathing in the smell of fresh coffee beans. Herself and Seamus were happy. She'd mentioned the term pathetic fallacy then, but he had no idea what she was on about. But here he was, dropping it into casual end-of-the-world conversation. Like a young Harold Bloom, she realised then, Shamie Faulkner was the real fucking deal. For who else would subject himself to such banalities in literary theory if not this young man insisting he saved her life? Who says that romance is dead?
3: I understand that you don't want me to help you, and I get it. Just, just, just promise me you'll make it out, Emily. I don't want to lose you. And I don't want to end up like Mr. Screecher, the Exploding Teacher. Wait.
2: Jamie. It's okay. I forgive you. It was out of line, what you said, absolutely. But I think I was moving too fast. It was going so well, and I didn't want to jinx anything. I self-destruct when I feel vulnerable take back what you said and I'm all yours.
3: I take it back. All of it. Apart from the stuff about you being the best thing that ever happened to me. That was all true. Thank you. We should probably get out of here now. Emily? Shamey? Is it all right if I lift you? I'll I'll put you down as soon as I can, honest.
2: Yes, Shamey, you can lift me.
0: Like a sweaty Irish muscular firefighter, Shamie Faulkner carried Miss Emily Clare out of the disabled room bridal style. He stood, woman in arms, and stared at the melting pub, the charred barstools and Doug's disintegrating piggies staring back at him, and time stood still. The flames receded, the embers ceased to crackle, and the din outside ...became mute.
3: Are you okay now? Yeah. I'll be back as soon as I can. Shamey, I love you too.
0: Oblivious to the raging fire encompassing them, Shamey Faulkner and Miss Emily Clare shared a tender kiss. (gasps) This is better than the Titanic, actually. Oh, fuck. No, I'm not crying. I'm not crying. You're crying.
3: (laughs) You're amazing. So are you.
0: Suddenly, Shamey's world came crashing back down to the ground.
3: Oi. You, boy. Shamey Faulkner, quit that flirting and come help us. We've not much time. I'll see you soon.
0: Shamey, stay safe. Are you exhausted yet? Because I sure as hell am. Back in the girls' bathroom, Cynthia had made it through the flames and managed to smash the window with Diane's axe. As she frantically cleared away the shards of glass on the frame, Madge, Podrick and Zane burst into the tiny room, cursing and spluttering dramatically.
8: Oi, you lot, help me get through it, would you? Then I'll put you out from the other side. <laughs> Looks like the shoe's on the other foot now, Cynthia, doesn't it? <laughs> You're the one in trouble now. Oh, we're all in fucking trouble, you colossal twat. Just help me out this bloody window. And why would we do that? Why in the hell have you?
9: What in the hell have you done for us? Madge, baby, I'm not sure now's the time for confrontation. We have
8: to move fast. I'll tell you what I've done for you, Madge Summers. I've stopped the entire town from finding out your dirty little secret. If it hadn't been for me, you'd have gone down a long time ago for adultery. Sure, if you lived in London, no one would give a flying fuck. I've had the entire city and no one fucking cares. But you chose to live in a tiny Irish hamlet where small people chat large and there's a scandal if someone fucking sneezes. I think you better appreciate that I told nobody, nor did I ask for much in return. Adultery, my ass. My husband's right here and just as invested in this
6: polyamorous relationship as I am. And if you think asking for 50 grand isn't much, Cynthia, then
2: you're only knitting with one fucking needle. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't want to die. I don't want to
8: die. Madge, don't believe for a second that Porig is okay with your little arrangement. I reckon he just tags along because he's too fucking scared of you and doesn't understand the big words you throw out. Polyamorous? What the fuck? Ladies, please, I don't know about you guys, but I I can
9: sure fit through that window. My waist is as slim and sexy as a flapper in an F. Scott Fitzgerald novel. Please, just give me a go.
8: Fuck off, Zane. Obviously, I'm going first. I did all the hard work.
3: Oh, oh Buddha, my guiding soul, please save me in this horrible
2: time.
8: Cynthia, you know yourself you're too fucking large for that window. The British weren't exactly blessed with petite bones like us now, were they? You fucking bitch! Oh Can I see you through the laundromat window, even ice cream into your mouth like it's your last meal on fucking earth? Well, this morning's magnum might just have well been, Cynthia, if you don't let us
9: out the fucking window. Obviously, no one other than me is going to fit, so it, it wouldn't be fair for me to go on my own. We gotta find another way. Please, dudes, come on.
2: Take away my fear. Fire is not scary. Heat is my friend. Jesus Christ.
8: Oh, come on then. Back- to the fucking bar it is. They might have smashed the windows in there by now. And if we're not all dead after that, Madge, you can finally give me those 50 big ones you owe me. Actually, Madge, can I just say, I'm real proud of you, Madge Summers. You're even more of a whore than I am.
2: You fucking bitch. In a moment
0: of unforeseen passion, Madge felt compelled to pick up the axe. As Cynthia turned to leave the bathroom, Madge found herself lifting the axe high above her head and letting it fall dramatically on Cynthia's back. Despite the fact that the, ac- the fact sorry that the axe was being the wrong way around, Cynthia thumped to the floor immediately. Her orange face thudding loudly against the sticky bathroom
2: floor.
9: Madge, what the hell? Oh, fuck.
2: Fucking shit. Fuck, 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 fuck. I I don't know what came over me. Oh, my
9: goodness gracious Jesus Buddha, Mary, mother of Joseph. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. fuck. What have you done? Did you just murder Cynthia Mullins? Fuck, run, run, just run, come on. Magic! what the fuck, man? That's just (laughs) bad shit crazy. God, I'll make such a good fucking movie about this. It'll be better than Zero Dark Thirty. All that bad karma you've amassed, Moontide. I said
2: fucking run!
0: And just like that, Madge and her boys ran away from a crime scene that would haunt them for the rest of their lives. Cynthia Stacey Mullins lay stock still on the bathroom floor, a small trickle of blood edging its way slowly down her face. The axe remained abandoned next to her body, its blunt edge mildly dented from Cynthia's surprisingly muscular shoulders. The utter chaos in the pub proved to be infectious. The rest of the town's residents gathered outside, confused, shocked, and asking a myriad of questions. How did this happen so fast? Was it arson? Is everyone okay? Are their enemies dead? They stood around about as helpful as snails in the sprint. Ugh... Seriously, people, there's a fire burning the Badger's tooth down. Get with the programme, come on! Jesus Christ, it's
5: properly on fire! What the fuck happened? Oh my God, where's Lockton?
2: This is not happening. We have to get them out of there now! My family is in that fucking pub! My God, this is worse than the great fire of London in 1601. God bless me.
1: What do
4: we do? That
2: door is bolted shut. We can't get in.
1: Oh, Lachlan. I'll run back and get some bolt cutters. They're in the garden shed. I'll
5: call
0: 999.
6: There just simply won't be enough time for that. Anton is right. We have to do something now.
0: Suddenly they heard a window smash and a smoke-covered body fell out into the open. But who could it be? My, my, it looked like not everyone was about to die after all. Doug!
3: The fire! (laughs) The others!
2: (laughs) Help! Window! The
4: piggies!
2: (laughs) What is that, Doug? Dougie? Darling?
4: The others! He says to help them out the window! Oh, good grief, this is fucking insane!
0: While Peggy tended to her broken, piggy-loving husband, the others went to the smashed stained glass window and began to pull the trapped villagers out. Just as Winter and Breda climbed out to safety, another collapse was heard from inside. The ceiling is falling in and... Uh-oh.
4: Oh, Breda. Breeda, you sweet <coughs> lesbian. You're all burnt. <coughs> I'm okay. I'm alright. I'm alright. Get the door open. The
2: others, they're burning.
5: Lorraine's getting the cutters. Winter, I was so worried about you.
2: I'm okay, Sersha. I think my Mercury Moon
8: saved me. Oh, oh Sersha, you have to help the others.
5: Fuck it. There must be another way. We won't be able to get them all out of the window.
1: I'm back. I'm back in here. I've got the cutters. Quick, quick.
0: As Lorraine went to open the door, Peggy grabbed her shoulder and spun her around. She stared right into the face of the woman she once loved and maybe still loved.
2: Wait, sorry. If you open that door,
1: it'll My family is in there, Peggy. Frances is in there. I'm
2: here, ma'am. I got out. Oh, bring the love. Oh, oh, sweetheart, you're burnt. I'm okay, I'm fine. But but ma'am.
1: Dad and shaming. D- don't work. don't you worry. Somebody get an ambulance now, for fuck's sake. Lorraine, be careful of the door.
0: But without hesitation, Lorraine unbolted the door. Peggy was right, as always. The heat and smoke from the fire erupted from the door, ejecting Lorraine back a good few paces.
2: <sighs> Fucking hell, no one could survive that. Oh, there's nothing we can do. Feel that heat, boys. It'll be like when Vesuvius erupted, there'll be bones
6: by now. Are the fire brigade coming? My son! My husband!
5: Yes, but they said they didn't know how long it would take. There's only one ambulance crew and... The fire brigade are coming from Saltspit Devil, which is a half an hour
4: away, so... Oh, fucking austerity! Curse you, capitalism! Whatever happened to your friendly town fire station?
6: It, uh, it burnt down.
4: Oh, for fuck's sake.
6: No time to t- talk about it now, but it was suspicious circumstances, to
4: say the least. I had a report on it when I was in the air, the... It'll take too long for them to get here, Peggy, Gertrude. Get any first aid boxes we can find. They need help. Now. But... go. Go, Peggy. I'll be fine. The coffee nut has a ton of first aid kits. I'm a health freak. Get them. Take my keys and go.
6: Anton's right. It'll take too long if we wait. That building is about to collapse. We have to get there now. We're going to have to do it ourselves, Anton.
5: Damn, Betty, rat. Anton, you aren't really suggesting you go in, surely? The, the place is on fucking fire.
4: I've lived a good life, son. And Lachlan is in there, Charchet. I have to get him out. But you won't come out again. Oh, I have no intention of dying, charche I have a very long homosexual life to live.
6: Get the kettle on, son. We'll be back.
0: With a knowing nod, Anton and Betty took each other by the hand, pulled their ankle-length leather coats over their heads, and rushed toward the smouldering doors. A final act to save the lives of those inside. They burst through the flames, shocked the carnage in front of them, Blistering smoke bit at their eyes, and instantly
4: they both retched at the smell.
2: <coughs> Betty, <coughs> Anton, what the
4: fuck? Wh- the doors open, fellas. Time to fucking go.
2: Get
6: out now. Go, go, just run through it, as a boy, just like we used to in the training for the garden 1985. Pack it in and get moving.
4: <coughs> Jamie, I can hardly breathe.
3: Dad, go. We'll follow you.
4: Absolutely not. I'm not leaving without you, Shame. Uh, Emily,
3: here. Go with my dad. I can't leave everyone else here.
4: Seymour, Shay- no, stop being a hero, would you? Come on. We have to go.
3: <coughs> dad, it may have taken this fire for me to realise it, but I've done nothing with my life. I'm 18 and I don't know where I'm going. I, I, I'm not going to let the world down again. No, this town needs me and I need it. I'm going to save Creek Angel Hill, my home.
2: You aren't going to budge, are
4: you? <coughs> Shame me, son.
2: Dad, I
3: need to do this. I have to do this. Go now, you two, and, and tell ma'am that I'll see her soon. Go, go.
4: And I am proud of you, you know.
0: Fuck off, Dad, and go! Sammy lifted Emily into his arms and ran out the door through the now very tall flames and out into the air that they could actually breathe. Meanwhile, Mad Summers, Podrick, and Zane spluttered back into the bar, leaving their gruesome act behind. Mad screamed with delight on seeing the open door. Freedom for the thruple was just within glorious sight.
2: Oh, yes, yes, yes! Come on, you two, come on, fuck me, yes! It's a one-way ticket to a good time, boyos! Ha, <laughs> ha,
0: But suddenly, with a massive crack, the smouldering ceiling rumbled and crumbled to the ground. Enveloping Mad Summers and Zane Ford in a storm of burning wood and rubble, the shook poor Padraig to his core. He narrowly avoided the collapse using his lightning-fast reactions from Tai Chi, but he, his heart cracked in two when he realised that his wife and his lover had been buried alive.
2: No! Madge Oh, no, no, Madge please, please help me! Move the rubber, please!
3: Aporic, you'll burn your hands. Get away from there. Get him out of here,
4: Francis Marcel. Go. No,
2: no, no! We have to get the match, match, Zane. It's over. It's all
3: over. <laughs> Sweet fucking god, it's over. Francis, grab him. No, no, no! Please.
0: Francis grabbed his cousin by the waist, kicking and screaming, pulling him out the burning
2: doors. Diana, come on, we have to go. I'm not leaving.
9: I'm going down with this ship, Betty, and you know it.
4: I didn't run in here to die with you, Diana Mullins. You're coming with us. Now, Lachlan, grab her and go. I will not leave my pub! No fucking way! Lachlan! I've got her. Get out of here, you two! Oh, once everyone else is out, I'm out too. But Lachlan, I've always wanted to say... Oh no, Anton! Come on, come on, get out! Listen to me! I need to tell you something! No, don't say it, Anton. Tell me later. I love you. I think I do. No, I know I do. It's like, it's like any feeling I've never felt before. And I should have told you before now, but I said I'd never act on it. But here we are, and I...
0: Anton... Stop talking shit and
9: get out of here. Diana, you old bitch, come on!
4: No! No, no!
2: My pub! My life! This is my life!
0: But Lachlan grabbed Diana, screaming her protests, and he ran heroically out of the blazing pub. Diana Mullins, the landlady of this once-fine establishment, sobbed as she left the love of her life. Her hands burnt and her hair singed and really wishing those fucking gays had just let her go down with her ship.
3: Right, Bernard and Fiona, come on.
2: <coughs> Leave us you go. Now. Fiona, nobody gets left behind. The smoke is. Gets... Oh, Betty, I feel faint. We need to...
4: <coughs> we need to go.
2: What's that noise?
4: It's the roof. It's come down! Get down, now! Run! Run! But
0: they were out of time. The smouldering wreck of a building collapsed in on itself. And the survivors and the residents and the family and the loved ones who stood outside the Badger's Tooth could only scream in horror as the building crumbled to the ground with some of the most loved residents of Sugarcous Angel Hill inside it. Betty, Anton, Shamie, Bernard and Fiona miraculously had survived the collapse but the door was blocked and the fire was burning and the end, well, the end was near.
2: <coughs> the door! Oh, no, no, Emily. Betty,
4: Betty, are you still there? I'm here, Anton. Come here, love. Come on. Oh, Betty, the door is. Betty, I can't die. Not like this. I don't want to go yet.
2: Neither do I, Jamie. Come here too. No,
4: I have to say goodbye to
3: my ma'am. Let me get closer to the door so she'll hear me. She knows you love her.
6: She does, of course. Now come on, hold on tight and hold your breath, and hopefully it'll be easy. Hopefully this won't hurt.
0: Betty held Anton and Seamie close to her as they huddled on the ground and held on to one another, preparing for what was about to come. Oh, Betty, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I never got to say goodbye.
1: (coughs) Fiona... Bernard. <clears throat> I always loved you. From when
2: we were 18 and down in the hall and drinking punch. <coughs> you were so beautiful. And even now you're the most beautiful woman I've ever met. <clears throat> I didn't tell you that enough. I didn't. <coughs> don't speak, Bernard. They'll come and get us out, don't worry. I love you too. I do. I do, I do, I do. I love you. Sleep tight and don't let the bed bugs, bugs bite.
0: Fiona reached out her hand, taking her husband's wrinkle hand in hers. She smiled at him as the inferno finally swallowed them whole. Outside the burning pub, Lorraine Faulkner watched the pub burn with her son inside it. She began to laugh, and her laugh echoed through the empty, smoke-filled streets of sugar-kiss Angel Hill.
1: <laughs> He's got my back. Shame me. He's got my back door. Thank God. Bye, thank you. Thank you. The rain. Don't, don't fucking touch me, Peggy. Don't you fucking dare.
4: Laurie. Laurie.
1: He's gone, isn't he?
2: <laughs> my 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 beautiful beautiful boy, he's, he's gone.
4: Yeah, he's gone,
2: Lorraine. me, <laughs> Francis. Did Francis make it out?
3: <clears throat> I did, Mrs. Faulkner. I'm right here.
1: <laughs> he was only eighteen. He, he, he's too young. He's he's too young. This is a dream. A a terrible, terrible dream. He he promised he'd
2: follow us out. Fucking hell. He said he'd follow us out. (laughs) Mum. (laughs) Here, please, Mum. My boy.
5: Betty. Oh, oh, sweet Betty. Anton. I can't
9: breathe. I'm so sorry, (laughs) Anton. Bye. Jesus
5: Christ, I'm sorry.
9: I couldn't tell him. I couldn't tell him I love him too. I died I I just wanted to hold him tight.
5: You need to stay here. The ambulance is coming. You're hurt. Leave me alone, Sirsha, please. I I need to be alone right now.
2: Oh Mercy, you deserved pleasure. <laughs> Let go of me. Let me go back. I want to die. I want to die with her.
9: Cynthia's in there. I have to get her out. Cynthia, Cynthia!
2: Hold her back, Francis Doug. Hold her back. Warwick, right. I'm here for you. Okay. Here. It hurts to breathe. I feel like my heart is exploding inside me. That's okay. That's so okay.
3: Auntie Fiona. And Uncle Bernard, Bessie buttered this too.
0: If the fucking firemen would hurry up, maybe we. Nobody,
4: Mammy, nobody was Mammy, alive that dog. They're dead with their
2: dog.
3: Mammy, all of our stash was in
2: there. Who cares about that, ransom? Who fucking cares? They're dead, they're gone, and this town will never be the same again.
0: And so, night finally fell on the darkest day that Sugar Kiss Angel Hill had ever witnessed. The next morning, Lorraine Faulkner got up at sunrise. Not believing that she was actually living through losing a second son, she floated through her house in search of a distraction. The outside world was silent too silent for the events of the previous evening. She gave up trying to make breakfast and went to sit outside with a crocheted blanket draped on her knee. Seamus, not wanting to be alone, followed
4: the shuffling footsteps to their porch. Lorraine, love, listen, I I feel like we should... Laurie, love, don't you think we should head home? Everything has gone wrong since we moved here and... Lorraine, being here is not going to help. Help with what? You know what I mean. He's not coming back.
1: No. No. He's coming back. You just have to wait for a while until he comes out of those doors. Didn't bother to tell any of us that he'd be home late, mind, but sure. <laughs> hasn't he always been a bit of a devil like that?
4: But he's dead, Lorraine. I'm sorry. You saw his body last night, now. Let's get you out of here, in in and out of the cold.
1: No, I have to stay. Lorraine! I have to stay. He's going to come out of those doors any second, and I'm going to hug him and give out to him for putting the house across me like that. And he's going to go over to that teacher from the primary school and they're going to kiss and I'm going to embarrass him.
5: Stop it, and
1: then in a few years, they're going to be married and there'll be a lovely wedding and you'll still be pissing yourself every night and Brida will be studying film in, in Trinity. And... Stop
4: it. Just stop it.
1: <laughs> he was my son, Seamus.
4: He was my son too. You're not the only one that has to live with it. He had my name. My name, Laurie. And every time someone says it, it's just another reminder that he's gone not coming back. Lorraine, love, please come inside. Fine. Fine, go on. Stay here then. I'll be inside with Breda.
0: Seamus Faulkner walked back towards number 17, hardly daring to look at his son's final resting place. As he went inside, Two small figures could be seen in the distance, wearing puma tracksuits and carrying calipa wrappers in their pockets. They were, of course, Fionn and Oshin Carroll, the very two that had started the blaze. Even though they had sworn that they would never come to Sugarcase Angel Hill, they had only managed to make it to the petrol station on the hill. They couldn't bear to leave their newfound mother behind. Lorraine decided to walk slowly to the figures, just for something to do. Can you see her?
7: Do you see her yet?
3: No. Maybe she went home. Maybe she made a
7: few... You heard what she said on the walkie-talkie. She's gone. Please
3: don't say it. Hello. Oh, hello, miss. Did everyone make it miss?
7: Did everyone survive it?
3: No. Not everyone. Who didn't make it?
7: We should go. We should have gone when we had the chance. We're fucked.
3: You heard Fiona. She looked after us like she always said she would. What's with the blanket, miss?
7: She's out of it, poor thing.
3: This uh, this is my son's.
1: Well, it was his. Wouldn't be seen dead with it now. He wouldn't go to sleep without it. I remember a few weeks after he was born and my husband was a bit plastered and was snoozing on the couch and... I was absolutely shattered in the things that having a new baby does to you. (laughs) He had colic, crying his eyes out, so he was. So one time, around two in the morning, I picked him up. I rocked him, sang him to sleep, and then I put him back in his cot. And just before I left, I looked into his eyes, his beautiful blue eyes, and I thought about what he was going to do when he grew up and and now, and now he won't be able to do any of that.
9: <laughs> I'm sorry.
3: So sorry.
7: No, your are
3: like. I think we lost someone too. Oh.
7: We lost our ma. She was she was in the bar of Fiona. Fiona Marshall. Did she make this? miss?
3: No. No,
1: she didn't.
3: Her and her her husband. Oh, Jesus. The best mom in the world, so she was. And now she's gone. It's all her fault.
1: Oh, you poor thing! Is there anyone I can call to take you both
7: home? No. She was the only person we had, like. She was going to give us a new life. Now she's
2: gone.
3: And now they're gone.
1: Do you need a hug? (laughs) Yes, please, miss. Do you need a hug too, miss? I think I do.
0: (laughs) And so Lorraine Faulkner put her arms around the Carol twins and kissed their heads, the way that Fiona Marshall might have done if things had turned out just a little bit differently. As Lorraine embraced the twins, she couldn't help but recall the hugs that she had gave her darling son over the years and never would again. If anyone had been out on the streets of Sugar Kiss Angel Hill that day, they would have seen three figures huddled together, holding on to each other for dear life, because in their grief they just seemed like there was nothing else to do. And as I sat in the plane that morning, I didn't know what was waiting for me when I, I got back home. But I knew I had to come to say goodbye to Betty and to say hello to a certain someone. And next week on Sugar Kiss Angel Hill.
2: Matthew, you're home.
0: Hello, Winter. You're looking sexy as ever.
2: Oh, stop it. You can't be flirting right now, Matthew. Half the town's just died in a fire.
5: I know he was your best friend, but I don't understand what's gotten into you, Lockman. Surely you don't love him. You know, he had a funny voice and a freakish way of going on about things. Oh, fuck you, Sirsha.
6: They're coming for you, Peggy. They found a stash in the rubble. Just like they found Aid and and after he died, got
1: arrested. Lorraine, take over. Run the business. Where's my
6: son, Peggy? Answer me fucking that. Dear Diary, report. I've figured it all out now. It's time to tell the truth.